So it's pretty clear that we know how to divide, but do we know how to unite? That's what I want to talk about in this episode. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. So we just passed Inauguration Day. On Inauguration Day, President Biden said, we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts, if we show a little tolerance and humility, and if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes. So, you know, I've been thinking about that. Um, in the last few days, I've been thinking about this. I, I was writing an article, the last podcast between this one uh, and the previous one about the Psychology Today article um, was about the book of Proverbs and uh, how to disagree respectfully. So I've been giving this a lot of thought. And <laughs> as I was thinking about this, I was going to the store and I saw in the parking lot a bumper sticker that said, oppose hate. And I thought, you know, that's exactly the wrong approach. Uh, this person is probably defining hate as the other political party, whichever, wherever they are, they're, they're de defining it that way. And that's not going to get you where you want to go. That's going to divide. That's not going to unite. Katie Couric said, we have to deprogram those who signed up for the cult of Trump. Really? Like in China, where they're deprogramming the Uyghur population or where you have to deprogram cults? That's not going to get you where you want to go. Um, famously, Hillary Clinton talked about uh, Trump followers being a basket of deplorables. And so when you attack half the country because they support the other political candidate, that's probably not going to heal you either. So whether it is um, on this side, on the left or on the right, because now that the other party's in power, you could see the people that were in the opposition are now all for unity and the people that were all for unity are now in the opposition. And we don't want to see another cycle. Now in this uh, article that I just submitted, I don't know if it'll be published, but it was based on the same kind of thing that we talked about in Proverbs in the last episode. Um, I said this, whether you call your opponents fascists or communists, racists or snowflakes, the approach is the problem. An emotionally charged insult hardly invites them into a conversation that brings understanding and creates the unity that we all seek. I, again, if you want to you know, build bridges, don't call names. That's, that's the idea. Uh, I was struck by this one proverb that said, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. And that's, that's pretty much where we are in, politically in the country. Now, we kind of did this to ourselves. If you spend four years likening the president to Hitler, or you spend the next four years calling the, the party in power now communists, either way, what you're doing is setting yourself up to be angry with each other. You're dehumanizing. Uh, you, you can do anything that you want to Hitler because Hitler is so bad that you must do that. You must cancel him, which is what we're doing right now. In, in popular culture. What if you do the same thing to the next administration and you call them a communist? And now you can have party legitimate political disagreements without calling names, but the pendulum's going to swing the other direction if you keep up this kind of rhetoric. 
So you got to be careful with that. I read this interesting book. It was called What It's Like to Go to War. And in it, the author was talking about the psychology of somebody who has to pull the trigger and actually take the life of another. He said this, psychologically, I had become identified with the threatened group and the advancing enemy was no longer human. I didn't kill people's sons, brothers, fathers. I killed crispy critters. It could have been Krauts, Nips, Huns, Bosch, Gooks, Infidels, Towelheads, Imperialist pigs, Yankee pigs, male chauvinist pigs. The list is as varied as human experience. This disassociation of one's enemy from humanity is a kind of pseudo-speciation. You make false species out of the other human, and therefore it makes it easier to kill him. Now, I think that's kind of what we've been doing with our political rhetoric over the last few years. And I hope that we see that we recognize this and we change course and we don't continue to do that uh, over the next few years. And I started thinking about this and I was wondering what what would happen if you really wanted to build relationships, if you really wanted unity, as opposed to if you wanted to just to destroy the other side. And there's bad blood on all sides. Right. I saw this meme on Facebook that was talking about, well, it's like you wanted to punch me in the mouth and then say, we want unity. And I thought, hey, something I agree with. And then I realized the person was that posted it was on the other side of the political fence and was talking about a whole different offense than what I was feeling. But we're all angry right now. So what if you really wanted to build relationships? Well, I think if you really wanted to build relationships, you would act like entrepreneurs and small business people. Why? Because what do they do? What do entrepreneurs do? They think of, they, they spend all day not tearing down the other side. They spend all day thinking about new and novel ways to build things, add value, create relationships, um, make things better. Now think about this. Do you want to not sell your product to somebody who's in the opposite political party? Oh, they happen to be a fill in the blank, a Democrat or a Republican. So I don't want to sell them whatever it is that I'm hawking right? No, you don't want to do that. You want to sell your product to everybody that's out there. You, you're, so your, your incentive is to try to build bridges, to try to relate, to try to get to know the other person. It would be insane to just decide, well, I don't like their political philosophy, so I don't want to do business with them. No, you want to profit. And you found out through experience that the way to profit is to simply add value to others. It reminds me of the Zig Ziglar quote. He said that you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. That's the way the world works. Now, you as small business people, entrepreneurs, people that are, are trying to build communities, you build rapport and you mirror. You don't highlight differences between you and say, well, you know, you weren't thinking exactly the way that I was thinking about this. No, you search for commonalities. You're trying to figure out how you can get on the same page. You don't call names and tell people that they're wrong. You're wrong. So buy my product. I mean, how insane would that be? You actively get to know your clients. You don't vilify them. Even your competitors. You don't throw rocks at your competitors. At least smart entrepreneurs don't. Why? What do they do? They try to be better than. The com competition is helping them improve. It's not to tear down the competitor. Your competitors are actually helping you. Even in politics, your competitors, they will point out your blind spots. They will help you be what, you know, see what you should really see. Okay? So, even your competitors, smart entrepreneurs, don't do that. 
There's a reason that Congress has a consistently low approval rating. It's right now it's 15%. It's been down into the single digits, but it, it doesn't generally get above 30% almost ever because this is what they do as opposed to what you do. If you're a small business person, entrepreneur, if you're just out there trying to hustle, trying to make ends meet to take care of your family, that's where the unity comes from. I was so struck over the summer when I was between what I was watching on TV, all the, the hatred, the vitriol, the riots, looting, all that kind of thing. And then what I saw in my neighborhood pool where people were getting along across racial lines, they, they weren't angry with each other. They just were trying to help each other and get along, have a good time. I have hope for the country, but it's not what I see in Washington. What I see in Washington is dysfunction. What I see in my neighborhood what I see in my church, which is a small community, what I see in my community, especially with small businessmen and entrepreneurs, gives me great hope because they're trying to build bridges. They're working every day to make lives better. They're innovating. They're thinking through things and making connections, not tearing down. You know, as I thought about this, I was uh, I was struck by this line from uh, the book Ender's Game. If you haven't read the book or watched the movie, it's a pretty good movie with Harrison Ford. Um, it's about this this pro boy prodigy who is great at strategy, who is fighting these aliens, and so so he's learned how to fight these aliens as effectively as possible. And he says he explains why. Uh, now, remember, these aliens had just destroyed Earth before and he's fighting them. OK, so that's the context. He says this in the moment when I truly understand my enemy, understand him well enough to defeat him in that very moment. I also love him. Wow, that's strange. I also love him. I think it's impossible to really understand somebody what they want, what they believe and not love them in the way that they love themselves. And then in that very moment when I love them. I destroy them. I make it impossible for them to ever hurt me again. I grind them and grind them until they don't exist. Okay, now Earth had been destroyed in previous generations and he's fighting these bad aliens. But even to fight aliens, even to destroy them, he has to understand them so well that he loves them. How much more should we be understanding each other? I mean, if we, he's, here he's talking about enemies. I'm talking about building bridges with friends. We should love our community love each other in small business you're the hope that has been doing that entrepreneurs you have been building things in order to do that adding value everywhere you go and you really ought to be praised for that uh, this is kind of a, a sappy ode to small business and entrepreneurs and i don't apologize for that because you are a great hope a beacon of light for what ails us Hey, listen, I want to end with a quotation for contemplation. It comes out of Proverbs. I've been thinking about Proverbs a lot. And if, I, if that article is published, I'll put the link below. It said this, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. In what you're doing, you're showing love by caring, by adding value, by building bridges, by networking, by doing all the things that you're doing. Don't stop. Hey, thanks for your time. I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. Thank you.